0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Welcome to the Masogi Method with work happiness expert Jody B. Miller. Each week, Jody introduces you to amazing people who have broken through huge barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness in their lives. For every one of us, the path to lasting joy has always been there, but it may take a Masogi to get you on
0: it. Jody did it, her guest did it, and now you can too. Here's your host, Jody B. Miller.
1: Welcome to the Masogi Method, breaking through barriers to find true meaning, success, and happiness that lasts. I'm your host, Jody B. Miller. You know, as I interview people from all walks of life who have broken through their own barriers to find meaning and happiness, I always come back to the same question. Who are we in this world? I think we all ask ourselves that question at one point or another, and some more often than others, and and our special guest today can, in my opinion, answer that question better than anyone. I am so very happy to introduce Sarah Landon. Sarah is a transformational leader, visionary entrepreneur, spiritual advisor, and she has a special ability that we will ask her to share in part two of
0: our visit with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the Masogi Method. Thank you, Jody. I am so happy to be here. This is my favorite topic to talk about. Who are we really? Why are we here? What's our purpose? I think we all ask ourselves that question and it becomes this quest in our life of seeking and finding the answers to those questions. So I have had my own journey with this and my journey became my passion, which has become my life's work. And it is truly my joy to help people find the answers to these questions for themselves. So thank you so much for allowing me to be the part of this today and be here to talk with you.
1: Well, I feel so honored and I would love to start with, you know, you were very much a corporate person in your earlier career and life and, you know, I've lived that life too for many years. So how did that shift to that more of that spiritual awakening or that spiritual path come about for you?
0: Yeah, in order to fully answer that question, I have to back up a little bit, and it really starts in my childhood. So I was raised with a very loving Christian family. Um, but very much the belief that there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. And there was no openness to anything else. And I I really loved my religion when I was a child. But to me, Sunday school, you know, was the place we went and sang, and it was fun, and there were treats. And um, so it was a fun thing. And and uh, when I was seven years old, my parents got divorced, and my mother and I ended up moving to live with my very dear aunt who at the time was on had begun her spiritual path And had studied with ascended masters and channels uh, all over the world and was into past lives and reincarnation. And the understanding that there's more to us than just these bodies and that there is this higher awareness, a higher level of consciousness that we all have access to. And when aligned with that, anything and everything is possible for us. And as a child, the first time I heard this wisdom, it was absolute truth to me. I knew it, and I was so excited about it. I ran home to tell my Christian family, my father, about it. And you can just imagine the reaction I got. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> yes, yes. Something to the effect of uh, not only is, is Aunt Sadie going to hell, but you are too, if you believe that. And it just, it, it, my light really went out that day. I remember it well. And... So, I became a very closet spiritual seeker at a very young age. And while it was always my passion, I found a safer place to express my beliefs in personal development. And when I was 13, 14 years old, I saw Tony Robbins for the first time on an infomercial. And I was like, yes, I want to awaken the power within. And I want to know the art and science of achieving your life's goals and dreams. Sign me up for that. My dad was all supportive of it. It all it fit in the it fit in the mold. So I ran with personal development for a very long time. And well, it's it's almost
1: like um, I remember reading "Think and Grow Rich." Yes, oh, you one of my favorite books. Yes, and I still love that book. And I think that was a very early awakening into mm-hmm. looking deeper than just you know climbing the corporate ladder.
0: Yes, absolutely, a, a really great book. And there's so many great books out there. And. I tend to believe that what what you need will find you. Sort of that when the the student is ready, the, the teacher appears. And that book came into my life at a very critical time. And so, I, I started really my entrepreneurial endeavors at 13 years old when my mother went from a teaching career to buying a restaurant, and and I worked in the restaurant and waitress and cooked and ran the books. And it was so much fun for me uh, to to be in business at such a young age and to understand the art and science of success. And so I went to college, started my career, had, had many amazing mentors in my life, got involved in some businesses at the right time, and, and things really took off. And then I had an experience in, when I was 21, and my brother died in a car accident. Mm, I'm sorry was, about that. It was a really difficult time for me, but it, it was also a very profound moment I knew in my heart that it wasn't an accident, and when I went to his funeral and his viewing the night before, we had a family viewing, and and I walked into the room, and my body, and my brother's body was there, and the room was so cold and so heavy, and the emotion you could just cut with a knife. It was so thick, mm. and it was in Alaska in November, so it was very cold, and I remember walking up and touching his body, which was... I don't know how, but but even colder than the room. And my mind was just blown. I, I was just confused. Uh, and I went and sat down on these chairs, these old bleacher chairs that, you know, you, you'd probably sit in in a school auditorium. And it was really cold and really hard and uncomfortable. And I sat down and after a couple of minutes, this energy just came over me. It felt like liquid love and the most incredible feeling of peace went through my whole body and it started at the top of the head and just flowed down my body and I just felt warm I couldn't feel the chair I was sitting in and I just felt absolute peace and love in my heart and I heard over my right shoulder my brother's body was on the left side of the room I heard over my right shoulder I'm still here I'm just not in there. Wow. And I said in my head, where are you? And he said, I'm just as here as I ever was. I just left the density of the body. Hmm. And it started this relationship with my brother where this feeling would come over me and I could hear him. I could talk to him. He could answer my questions. And it, it was a profound moment on my spiritual path. And... At the same time, I was not – I didn't want to be weird. Weird. I didn't want to be woo-woo. I didn't want to be out there. I told no one about it but my Aunt Sunny. And I just went back and stuck my head in the sand and was all about success and the corporate world and climbing the ladder and building a career and success for myself. And uh, so a few years after that, uh, the call came. And I say that to people because that's really what happens. The call – comes and you cannot ignore it you might get a tap on the shoulder you might get a little smack upside the head you might get (laughs) a two by four upside the head like I did but when the call comes you're it's choiceless you have to go and what happened for me I was in the height of my career in the corporate world I had achieved everything that I set out to do which was become an executive and a big corporate company and the amount of money I was making and that fancy house the, the husband the cars the travel I really from the outside everything looked perfect and yet inside I knew I wasn't living my truth but I did not slow down long enough to really listen to my intuition or to myself so, as luck or divine destiny or whatever you want to call it, uh, I ended up being forced to sit still and really listen to my inner voice. And what happened for me was that I got cancer. Mm. I spent about a year and a half in surgeries and healing and recovering, but I could not travel for my work, and I spent the majority of that time sitting on my couch and not able to move around a whole lot. And it really forces you to get still and listen to yourself when you're not busy distracting yourself and numbing yourself all the time. And I really had to get honest with myself that I wasn't living my truth and what happened. I'll, I'll never forget it. I normally was not home at the time that Oprah was on, but because ah. <laughs> I was, I was healing from my surgeries. I ended up being home to watch Oprah on the day that she had Eckhart Tolle Debuting his book, A New Earth, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what he was talking about, and I had a really hard time when I remember listening or, or trying to read his book, Power of Now. Mm-hmm. It was just too over my head at the time, and yet there's something that really called me, and and I knew I had to read that book. So I got it, I read it. I still didn't really understand much of what it said, but there were some stories in there that really impacted me, and. That really set me on my path. I did not know where I was going. I just knew where I was, wasn't it.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's this intuition that you keep referring to, this knowing that you even knew as a child. And so many times, as I think of my own life and everyone who's listening probably is thinking of their own lives, we do have a knowing, an intuition, something deep in our soul that's telling us to go a certain way and we often ignore it because of outside expectations or like you being brought up and not wanting to sound, you know, woo woo because you knew this calling or um, wanting to make sure, you know, you, you lived up to what your parents expected of you or the corporate world. How how do people, I mean, we can get to, you know, how, how people can get out of a lot of this, but, but how did that turn you around? Was the
0: book really the turning point for you? It was really, I found myself, Jody, in a complete state of surrender. Mm. I had cancer. I knew I was in a marriage that I should not be in. I knew I was living a life that really wasn't my truth. And I just finally came to a place of surrender. and And I had to just let go of the life that I had planned for myself. And there was no one specific incident. There were Countless people, helpers, guides, books, information, wisdom that just came in, that just guided me every step of the way. And that support is there for everyone if you are open to it.
1: So surrender. I mean, so so many times we try and control everything in our lives, but just to surrender, it's
0: almost a relief to surrender. It is. And if you would have told me back then, just surrender, Sarah, I would have been like, I don't have time to surrender. I have mortgages to pay. I have bills to pay. I have things to do. (laughs) Exactly. It's not something that we come across really easily. I, I remember getting to this point where I was looking for answers that I could not find. And On one side, there was this personal development approach to, hey, take massive action, go look around and see what you want that other people have, and use the law of attraction, and you can manifest it. And yes, it all works. But I kept manifesting things, and then in a short period of time, wishing I could unmanifest those things, Mm -hmm. because it really wasn't aligned to my soul's desires. I just thought it would make me happy. And unless you really deal with what's going on underneath the source of your unhappiness, nothing that you ever acquire is going to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And that means the relationship you think will fill that void, the money you think will fill that void, the, the health, you know, just because you get healthy does not address the subconscious beliefs beneath it that kept you from being your own perfect health in in the beginning from the beginning. So it's this path for us. What I, what I do know for sure now is life is meant to be easy and effortless and harmonious. It is. And that's nice. Yes. (laughs) True power, true power in your life is the ability to create what you want without force and manipulation and controlling it all. And I was the type of person, I was a type A personality. I was an overachiever. I was the one that I can work hard enough. I can work smarter. I can make it happen. And I was the one that that was given the task when something had to be done in a company. My team always trusted I I would get it done because I was just that person. And you did. I'm sure you yeah. did. <laughs> and so to embrace an easier way without having to force an effort and control everything. It's not easy until it is. It's not easy until you see that it actually works and you start catching on to this and it feels like the most natural thing you've ever felt in your life. Mm -hmm. But it takes trust.
1: So you, so you so you, had the cancer, you're sitting on your couch, you're watching Oprah. In fact, I keep thinking as we're talking here and as we continue our conversation about Oprah and her whole soul series and different people she's talked to that are, are have awakened spiritually, and I think she's on that path herself. And I feel like we're almost in our own little Oprah soul series conversation here. So when you surrendered, you said, I'm not in a good marriage. I'm not healthy. Like what, what spoke to you in your soul at that time?
0: Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, knowing that I had a calling, uh, early on. And here's what I really want to make clear to people. I had a sense in my heart that anything was possible for me, but it was just an idea. It was not truth in my, in my being. And I did not know exactly what that calling looked like. I was not one of those people that from the time I was five or seven, I wanted to be something. And then I became that thing. And it all just was clear from the beginning. That wasn't it for me. In fact, I jokingly tell the story. I wanted to be a country music singer when I was a kid. Oh, I love (laughs) uh, (laughs) it. one minor problem is i have no singing ability or musical ability whatsoever <laughs> despite many lessons and many attempts it just it just didn't happen for me but why did i want to be a country music singer and this is the part of you that doesn't change or or ever go away but what i what i saw when i when i went to a country music concert when i was a little kid was this woman up on stage singing and moving every single person in that audience to tears mm. with the sense of love and hope and connection and faith and and joy that they were feeling. Now, I've told that story before and some people will go, are you sure you were at a country music concert? Because country music is... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love country oh, music. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> too. So if you're listening to this and you're, like, and you're like, well, I don't know what my purpose is, you already are your purpose, but the things that you value most in life, it's your job, it's your purpose to embody those things and be the essence of those things and then bring that to everyone in your world consciously and intentionally and find whatever platform you are passionate about to bring your purpose through that platform. So I did not know what this looked like. Here's, here's a little hint. There were two shows that I ever watched on TV, and I was passionate about both of them. One is Shark Tank because mm-hmm. this entrepreneurial spirit in me just loves watching them negotiate deals and how they structure them. And I love seeing people's business ideas and startups they've created and the, where are they at in their business. Like, I cannot get enough of that stuff. I love that show. And Super Soul Sunday, you already mentioned it. But those were the two shows that I would watch. And at the time, you know, I I remember this understanding coming through that, you know, don't make this purpose thing so heavy. Just what are you curious about? What do you naturally gravitate towards? And so I remember seeing Wayne Dyer on a stage one time. And as they announced him, they said, you know, spiritual teacher Wayne Dyer, And my body reacted to that. My body was like, yes. My body felt just screaming, yes, a spiritual teacher, that feels good. I didn't know how that would ever happen at the time I was in the corporate world. And I certainly was was not identified in any way to be qualified as any type of spiritual teacher. Although, if you notice your life, whenever I was with my friends or even my family members, especially the people that worked for me and oftentimes the people I worked with or worked for, they always gravitated towards me to, to help them shift into a better feeling place. They came to me for inspiration. They came to me for guidance. They came to me uh, for that, personal transformation opportunity for spiritual wisdom and spiritual guidance because I had read so many books and gone to so many courses and worked with so many different transformational teachers and leaders that I I had accessed a lot of answers that that they hadn't found. And so people did rely on me for that, even when I was in the corporate world. So in your own life there are clues to your greater calling. There are clues to understanding what you're being called for. And wherever you are right now, it is preparing you. Wherever you are, you are being prepared for the next step and the next step. You're being prepared to step into and be able to hold the bigness of who you want to become. And the secret is that You are everything you wish to be. It's already within you. You already are. You've just got to take down the layers of who the world told you to be so that you can uncover this, this person within you and realize it's been there all along. The love that you seek is not outside of you. It's within you. The, Joy that you seek, it's not outside of you. It's within you. The peace that you seek, and people will always be reflecting back to you exactly where you are. If you are constantly saying to yourself, but nobody ever understands me. Mm. Nobody understands me. This was a big one for me. It wasn't about them. There was a disconnect within me where I didn't understand me. There was a disconnect in me where I didn't accept me. So how can the world accept you if you don't accept yourself? How can the world love you if you don't genuinely love the person staring back at you in the mirror? I think
1: that's so true, and I'm such a believer. It's, it, and yet our society tells us, well, you know, loving yourself is very selfish.
0: Yeah. The most important achievement in the human experience is your own self-love. It's your own love of self. Because
1: if you don't love you, how can you share that love with others? How can you help or give or or radiate that that joy if you don't have that joy in your own life? It's like talking to someone who's always negative or worried or fearful. Well, that's not going to put you in a good feeling place, but if you are loving you just like you were in the corporate world and everyone gravitated toward you, people you'll start to bring better and better things toward you. Isn't that sort of how it works?
0: Yes, and negativity, self doubt, worry, fear go away. The, the The more you realize your own self love, so let me just give you an example of this. I, I recently did a course on self love and the seven steps to self-love and I'll talk about the the first one in a minute, but one of them is having boundaries and saying no and speaking your truth. Mm. And this is hard for people. It was hard for me because I don't want to disappoint people. I really love people and I really love the people in my life and I don't want to disappoint people, but I realized if I didn't have boundaries and I didn't say no, that I would end up getting worn out and exhausted and running on empty. And I would get triggered by things I wouldn't normally get triggered by. I wasn't showing up my best self. I'd maybe be a little resentful that I was doing something that I didn't really want to do. And I wasn't really coming at it from a a pure, whole, complete space. And so when you have boundaries, people respect that, hey, she's showing up because she really wants to be here. And she shows up and she's present. And and that's the part of you that people love. The number one, the number one step in the process of realizing self-love is the thoughts that you are thinking, and it's usually not the thoughts that you're thinking about someone else. It's Mm -hmm. the thoughts you're thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You would not say to your worst enemy some of the thoughts that you think that are stuck on this loop replaying in your brain, in your subconscious programs about you. We're so hard on ourselves.
1: What is something people who are listening who do have that constant negative self-talk. I When I speak to lots of um, audiences, conferences, corporations, I find that a lot of people don't get along. And a lot of times it's because they don't think they're worthy themselves. Right. And so what are the, I, I say certain things about positive self-talk, but, but being such an insightful spiritual guide, what can people say to themselves? A simple thing to get them on the path toward more positive self-image and self-talk? Yeah, great question.
0: So I got to admit, when I heard about, you know, the power of positive thinking, I'm like, okay, yeah, good. You know, when people talk about getting control of your thoughts, reprogram your subconscious thoughts, you know, affirmations, I'm like, yeah, whatever, (laughs) you know, (laughs) read all of this stuff but it doesn't work unless you actually apply it. And then you're like, okay, I read all this stuff or I heard this stuff, that makes sense, I got it, I'm gonna apply it. And then you're like, wait, this is too much work. And I understand why it feels like like that, but it's really not. It's really simple, it's really simple. And I wanna explain this. So I like to say, so first off, it's consciousness. It is about being conscious and aware. Everything comes back to consciousness, really. Might not be the sexiest word around these days, but it is all about consciousness, and consciousness will get you everything you want. But you have to be conscious of the thoughts that you're thinking. You have to be willing to slow down and breathe and be in the moment and be aware of what you're thinking and catch those thoughts and shift those thoughts. Meditation is a wonderful thing, but let me explain why. So I like to to put it to you this way. What happens is we we, we are unconscious of the thoughts we're thinking and our thoughts get going and then they get some momentum. And all of a sudden, it's sort of like your thoughts are this train going to what the council calls suffering town. Mm. So you find yourself on a train headed to suffering town and you're heading there pretty quick. The train's going pretty fast. And you realize, oh, wow, I just am totally stuck in my head. My my thoughts are really negative. Ah, what do I do? Trains cannot go in a circle. Trains must stop first in order to change directions. So if you notice that your thoughts are not feeling good and they're going in the wrong direction, the first thing you need to do is stop the train. And the easiest way to do that is close your eyes and take a deep breath. Simple enough. Simple enough. Then, this is why meditation is so important because it just stops the thoughts Mm -hmm. for a moment so that you can get conscious, come into the now moment, the power of now, Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Yes, and get your thoughts going in the right direction, and this is where affirmations help. So, it's easy to take the thought that isn't good, like, I, I feel so unhealthy. Who would ever, who would ever, you know? I, I've, oh, I've gotten overweight, and I stopped exercising, and I've been eating so terrible. It's just no, you know, I'm not attractive. Whatever your whatever your thought is, right? Or, or relationships never work out for me, or I don't have. Fear of money is probably a very big one for a lot of people. This this fear of money and just, you know, focus on, oh gosh, where's the money going to come from, right? Right. So you notice all that's going on? You just stop. Just stop. And the easiest way to get an affirmation going is the opposite of whatever you've been thinking. So, oh my gosh, I need more money. 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 Right? Stop. Take a deep breath and affirm what you want the universe to be responding to. My favorite affirmation, and I know you've heard this one, but my favorite affirmation is, all right, let's just all do this together. Let's just, whatever's going on in your life right now, whatever, and you might be listening to this saying, yeah, yeah, I know, Sarah, but I really do need rent for next month. I really do need money to pay my car payment, right? Whatever it is. I really do need the money to start my business, and I don't have it. Right? So just stop, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and say to yourself Galore, galore, I have everything I need and more. Galore, galore, I have everything I need and more. Galore, galore, I have everything I need and more. And this leaves nothing out. You have all the money you need. You have all the time you need. You have all the resources you need. You have all the love you need. You have everything you need and more. This affirmation not only changed my life, but has changed many, many, many people's lives. It's the most powerful affirmation for shifting anything in your life. Because the universe is always responding to your truth. It can be no other way. It is always responding to you.
1: And so I love that affirmation. And I, and I confess I say it all the time. Um, and I believe it and it
0: feels good. Where did that come from for you? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, I have a quote unquote unique ability to yes. channel uh, a higher level consciousness that I refer to as the council. And that affirmation actually came through in the council's teachings. I, as I said, was, was really looking for answers that I couldn't find anywhere. I was looking at personal development. They're saying, take massive action and attract what you want. and And then I looked at spiritual wisdom and it's like, You know, just go meditate on a hill somewhere and get calm and everything will work out. And like, that wasn't working for me either. So I was looking for these answers. And what happened was I ended up first writing, journaling in the middle of the night. This information would just come to me and it would feel the same way that liquid love went through my body. I would just wake up and I would feel this intense, beautiful, loving energy. And I would just grab a journal and I would just start writing. And I would read it the next morning, and it was the wisdom I was looking for that I could not find anywhere.
1: Hmm.
0: And then through a series of events uh, that, that were just absolute uh, serendipitous uh, miracles, I ended up beginning to receive the counsel audibly where I received them and could communicate and translate through my voice the win- insights and the wisdom that, that they were bringing in. And not only was the wisdom and insight changing my life in the most profound ways, all areas of my life, but it started changing other people's lives. People started asking to me, you know, can I, can I ask them questions? And they would come do sessions and that's really how it started. And I want to say to everybody, it's not every person's path to be a channel or to be a healer. I don't particularly identify myself as a healer. I I don't see auras. I don't see people in non-physical. I, there, there's a lot about spirituality that we think, oh, well, because I, I'm not a healer, or I don't see energy, or because I don't channel messages, that you're not spiritual, you don't have a gift, and, and that's simply not true. Everybody, no matter who you are, you have the ability or You would not have agreed to come into this human experience if you did not know that you would always have the ability to access a higher level of awareness that was always available to you, orchestrating things on your behalf, guiding you every step of the way. Everybody has that. And an example of this is when we think about athletes. If you look at the best athletes out there, what do we say? They're in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. They yes. They are accessing that that higher level energy vibration awareness and something extraordinary comes through them because they access that that place beyond the limitations of our human mind and human abilities. And everybody has that potential. Well,
1: I am so excited to learn more about the council this so the council is more than one being. Yeah,
0: and and it really here's how they explain it. So we all have a let me explain it to you this way. When I was a kid, I had a very hard time understanding how God was sitting on a cloud and I would pray to Jesus and Jesus knew my heart and knew me and also knew 8 billion other people. I didn't understand that. How could that be possible? Right? And I, and I and I had a hard time rationalizing religion and Christianity and all of that because that one piece of information did not make sense to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Definitely. So the answer to that came in one of my channeled writings, which was that, Every single being human being has a higher self that is always aware of them. It is an aspect of you that is not limited to this physical experience that is always orchestrating things on your behalf that knows the easiest, most effortless path to what you want is always holding inspired ideas, inspired actions, and, and, if you will get into alignment with your higher self, all the answers are there. That's what intuition is. When you are in a vibration, when you're accessing your higher self, that is not limited to this human perspective beyond your personality. Consciousness is not limited to the brain. Consciousness is an ever evolving thing. And there is a higher level consciousness awareness that you can tune into through raising your vibration. This human experience, because we come into these physical bodies, it's dense, it's heavy. It weighs down your vibration. In the moment someone makes their transition from being in a physical body to returning to soul or spirit form, in that one breath, they release the density of that body. They don't go anywhere. They're just at a higher level of awareness because they are at a higher vibration. And the only reason that you can't see them is because our brains are a perceiving mechanism that is perceiving life through our physical senses, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, touch, smell. And when someone is in non-physical form, they're at such a high vibration that the human eye cannot see that rate of vibration, but they don't go anywhere. So the council is not only my higher self and your higher self. It's the higher self of anyone that I am, that is hearing them in that moment. That's going to hear that message in the future. It it is those who are in non-physical that are most focused on you. It is a collective of higher level consciousness that is always offering us the highest wisdom in that moment. And it's just not limited to a physical body.
1: It's so nice to hear. And I love what you said about inspired action because many times, I mean, I consider myself a very spiritual person. I grew up in a Presbyterian home and, and it was traditional. And I always felt like there was more than just, you know, reading the verses of the Bible and singing in the choir. And there have been times in my life where I felt this deep knowing and had this calling to do something that was very positive. And it, it almost was like a physical overwhelming presence that said, go do this now. And I have followed that so many times in my life that amazing things happen like jobs have happened money has come into my life love has come into my life by taking that inspired action like you said not forcing not manipulating not controlling and and I think it's hard for all of us to let go of that and then also it's hard for us to to say no and you made me think in that regard like even next week I'm going I'm going to be traveling and I've already overcommitted myself and i'm already stressed out about it and i'm going to go go cancel
0: half those things <laughs> yeah and you know we just didn't learn the language to honor ourselves yeah that's all we we it's everything is possible for you and people you'll often find when you do set your boundaries and say no or have to change things that they're really willing to to work with you on it and and sometimes they even say oh i'm so glad you want to change that because that time really didn't work for me either right right we just got to trust ourselves and there's a way of doing it there's a way of communicating consciously with another person that that they will absolutely respect and honor whatever you need to do to to be in alignment with yourself?
1: It seems to me that, you know, my experience in life is that we all want happiness. We want happiness and joy. We all want things, and it's okay to want things, but we all want that love, that love of self, that love of others, that connection. Along with the mantra, that you gave, which I think is really helpful, and the meditating and the stopping the train, and taking a breath. What other bits of advice can you give people that can help them
0: tap into the
1: happiness that we all desire?
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. So first off, here's a, a really important thing to remember. Everything that you want is because you think you will be happier in the having of it. If I have the relationship I want, I'll be happier. If I have the money I want, I'll be happier. If I have the job I want, I'll be happier. If I have the health I want, I'll be happier. And the second and probably most important part of this is understand that if in this day you manifested everything you want, soon after you're going to have a new desire. There's going to be something new. There is never an end ever. Of having desires they are the things that gets you into the flow of life they are the things that expand you you're here to explore and our desires are the way that we explore and expand it's a wonderful thing even to have no desire is a desire so desires are a good thing I tend to say and teach the process of Manifesting your soul's desires because for me, the only things that have really ever provided long lasting fulfillment and meaning and purpose have been when I let go of my human desires a little bit and got in alignment with my soul's desires, which is a course I teach on manifesting your soul's desires. But understand everything you want is because you think you'll be happier, and in this moment, if you will get happier it'll be much easier and more effortless and more harmonious to get in alignment with what you want and attract it to you and allow it in and create it in your life. So there's a a second part of the process I shared. So get happy first. Get happy first, and here's how you do it. The vibration of joy is the most powerful vibration that we can get into. The vibration of joy is where it all happens. It's where miracles happen. It's where synchronicity happens. It's where everything comes together. It's where everything falls into place. It's where manifestation is essentially instant. And so we have to get into the vibration of joy, but we are taught to do the opposite. If you want more money, you're taught to go work harder and push an effort and make it happen. More hours, more effort, more time in the office. And the opposite is actually true. That is the, the difficult, forceful way that is heavy, and it breaks down your body, it's not very fun, you're always forcing things, so that's where a lot of conflict happens in your life. But if you will, close your eyes and take a deep breath and ask yourself, what can I do right now that would bring me joy? What can I do right now that would bring me joy?
1: It could even be taking a nap.
0: <laughs> taking a nap. It it might be going out and sitting in the sunshine and feeling the warmth of the sun on your face. It might be petting your dog or your cat. It might be just going in the other room and watching your child play or or whatever they're doing. It, and what I find is, since I've been using this process, just asking myself that question shifts me into the vibration of joy almost every time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get to put the computer down, shut the computer and take the dog to the beach and go walk on the beach. And I'm like, ah, but I really got to finish this thing. Right. <laughs> and I've had this happen so many times that I'm just an absolute believer of this now. We all have deadlines and i often have deadlines of times that you know i have to have copy written for a uh, interview i'm going on or a course that we're doing or or something and, and i'm trying to get into the space where it just the words just flow through me perfectly right and and i don't know how many times this has happened to me where I have like a, a deadline in the week and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to get it done right now. And I sit down and I try to write and nothing happens. And I work on it for like an hour. It's not quite right. And then the deadline's looming and and the night before I'm sitting there trying to write it. And the next morning I wake up and in like 15, 20 minutes, the words just flow right out of me, always in perfect time and it gets done. Right. But mm-hmm. what I put myself through in that week of trying to force it, Wasted a lot of time when I could have been doing the things that brought me joy. But oftentimes, when I do the things that bring me joy, so and understand this inspired, inspired, the word inspired, in spirit, aligned with spirit, your higher self, that's the vibration of joy. You can come up with logical action, but it will always be limited. What you really want is inspired action, what you really want is inspired ideas. And they do not come to you when you're really stressed out and overwhelmed because you're in such a heavy vibration that you can't access the inspired idea that's available to you right now. If you would just get in alignment to the vibration of joy. I love that. I love that. I have a, a keynote
1: I'm doing next week for a shark tank type event and Over the last week and a half, I've been thinking, what am I going to say? But for some reason, I just don't want to think about it. My heart is saying, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it right now. And I just think it's going to come to me. And I'm following that instead of sitting down and writing it out and outlining it and saying, "Oh, where can I be funny and where can I be inspirational and motivational? But I just have this knowing that it's going to come out perfectly. I don't know what I'm going to say yet. (laughs) but um i i really believe that it will come out just right
0: and i'm a big believer you know if you're doing a presentation or anything i'm a big believer that you should do it you know get your notes together and and so that you feel confident and then and then let it go and the day of allow whatever is trying to come through you In that moment, the highest and best words, let them come through. And there's there's a story of this in Think and Grow Rich, since we mentioned that earlier. Mm. I don't know if you remember it, but there was the story in there about, I believe he was a minister or a pastor that got an inspired idea or vision to create this uh, place. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but he figured it would take a million dollars to do it. Oh, I remember this one he put an ad in the local paper and he said, I'm giving a talk on what I would do with a million dollars. And he invited everybody to come listen to this talk. And he wrote up this speech, articulate, hit all the points he wanted to make the perfect speech. And the day of, he was so nervous and he was so busy practicing and he went to leave and, and got to the event where he was about to speak to all of these people about what he would do with a million dollars. And he went and put his hand in his pocket and realized he had forgotten his notes mm. at home. And so he just went out on the stage and without his notes, he just spoke from his heart. And of course he did a great job. He'd already been prepared but whatever was trying to come through, whatever words needed to come through that day came through because he just tuned into that higher level consciousness that's already and always there for us. And he gave this really inspired speech. And at the end of it, a man came up to him and said, come to my office on Tuesday morning or whatever day it was and I'll give you the million dollars because I was so inspired by your speech beautiful story. So remember that, you know, we always have this agenda and expectation and the magic really happens when you let that go and just allow and be present. Allow what is ever trying to come through you.
1: Yes. Sarah, this has been so inspirational. I feel so happy and peaceful and I can't wait for our second session when you will bring the council in and we can learn and explore our soul's desire through the advice and wisdom of the council. And I'm very, very excited for that part two of our
0: conversation. Yes, I am too. It's going to be fantastic. And it's, oh, well, you know from experience, it's just an amazing, amazing energy and wisdom and it's life-changing and profound and i've really never experienced anything like the wisdom of the council so i'm so excited to share it with you
1: yes thank you and thank you so much for being on part one of our conversation with sarah landon on the masogi method and for all of you listeners i hope you will start to get in that happy place as sarah talks about and join us next week when we actually talk or listen to the council and ask them some questions about our soul's desire and finding happiness. So thank you all for being here and we'll see you again next time. I'm Jody B. Miller, your host of the Masoki Method. Napa, no.
0: Right now, get a five-quart jug of Napa Conventional Motor Oil for just $11.99. That's a pretty unbelievable deal for a pretty unbelievable oil. But trust us, it's totally real, but only for a limited time. So get your five-quart jug of Napa Conventional Motor Oil for only $11.99 today. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state, local taxes, or recycling fees. Limit six per customer. Offer ends 63019
1: Mommy, let's read another. Every child needs to read, but 60% of U.S. children in poverty don't have a children's book in their home. This summer, you and your kids can help change that with Save the Children's 100 Days of Reading Challenge. See how at savethechildren.org read. Once upon a time, a little girl wanted to become an animal doctor. Save the Children. Changing a life lasts a lifetime.